I'm Craig Davis, and you're listening to the Lion of Vienna podcast. And welcome to the 8th episode of the Lion of Vienna podcast, or the Love Pod, as it's uncomfortably becoming known. As you may have noticed from my decrepit, monotone voice, I am not Lord Manning, as he is sunning it up over in Florida with Mickey Mouse and that. So I will be your host, begrudgingly today, me being Daniel Murphy, of course. Today I am joined by Lee Tennant. How are you, Lee? I'm very well, apart from the result, thanks, Dan. Well, I'm sure we can move on to that in <laughs> swiftly and I am also joined by Rob Latham how are you Rob? I'm good thanks Dan how are you? I'm not well I'm a bit disappointed because we've just I imagine we've all just witnessed Bolton in a pretty diabolical performance I'll bite against the second best team in the league but yeah we was pretty bad wasn't we how did you see the game Lee what was your thoughts? Um, well um, just lack of Lack of any football and ability from pretty much every player on the pitch, really, wasn't it? To be honest, um, it was. It was just. Um, we, Lennon said he'd make it difficult for him. Um, he promised us we'd make it difficult for him. And all right, first half an hour we probably did do. So you know, let's give him. Let's give him that. But uh, after that, you can't blame Lennon really. The players have to have to pull the socks up, don't they? Really, and uh, yeah, def- the defending for the two goals, the second goal especially, was just yeah. horrendous. Like there's just literally no one picking them up, and yeah, well, you know, it's a team playing for nothing against a team playing for the biggest prize in their history, and, and you can understand it in a way that they had about ninety percent more motivation than yeah, we did. But even, even so, if Bogdan hadn't have yeah. especially in the first half he didn't make too many saves in the second half but one or two but um, in the first half he, he made two or three maybe four good really really outstanding saves and it could it could have been seven it could have been seven nil realistically and I think uh, just looking at the stats that you've kind, kindly posted on the agenda um, 20, 24 shots 10 on target um, to our measly one effort on target, so yeah. that says all you need. All you need to know about the game, really, that we were just kind of swamped and, uh, and did very little. What, it, what do you think, Dom? Well, uh, what do you think, Rob? Sorry. Yeah, I agree with Lee here. I think I think it just showed a massive lack of effort and caring, to be honest, from a lot of players. I think Neil Downs in midfield just didn't look interested. No. Davit at the back is awful. Ah oh, well. Um, Moxie, Moxie is. He's rubbish, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. And um, if it wasn't for Bogdan, it could have been seven or eight nil. So yeah, it wasn't very it good was at all, t- was it? No. See, the one shot we had on target was actually a golden chance as well. Like as Lee said, we held our own fairly yeah. well in the first twenty minutes. Like yes, Bogdan did make four pretty fantastic saves. Definitely putting himself in the good old shop window just in time for the transfer window. Like, but um, he did make four good saves, and then. Al um, Lafont yeah. found himself with a good chance. He got played through from a David flick on the only good thing David did all night. And um, <laughs> and a, the one person he'd want on that chance, he kind of fluffs it a bit, heads it straight into the arms of Boric. Yeah, we could have been one up. I thought yeah. the first like, maybe twenty five minutes we actually played all right. Like, they attacked a bit, but we kind of we, we defended okay, and we we're looking quite threatening with Walker and 
Lafondra and Hesku's winning everything in the air, yeah. but then as soon as the first goal went in, there's yeah, they knew it was yeah. all over, didn't they? Yeah, heads definitely dropped. I think what made it what just we what was happening when we was playing well is we were controlling the midfield a bit, was holding on to the ball, but soon as then we just let them creep into the game and we lost the midfield completely. Um, Dan's and um, Bannon looked like they were still pissed after the incident a couple of weeks ago, and um, they completely lost the midfield. Harry Arter and um, Andrew Sermon, I think it is in the middle, just completely dictated the play. And obviously, because it was yeah. so congested in the middle, they just played it out wide. Where Feeney and Walker, despite the well, I say well, despite Walker's best efforts, despite Feeney's walking back about twenty minutes behind the play, they, ex- yeah. they exploited those wings as the hey, I think it was the the first goal especially. Um, Feeney takes an age to get back and Mark Pugh <laughs> Mark Pugh his first name's Mark there's <laughs> nobody else find that funny <laughs> I, I miss it I'm honest Dan, I, mean, I miss what you say <laughs> yeah Feeney Mark, to... Mark, Mark Pugh Mark Pugh get it get it get it get it <laughs> I'm deli- this is what Bolton's done to me it's made me delirious yeah. over a shit pun so, yeah so he's come back <laughs> He's come back about 20 minutes late and he's, as soon as he's get back in there, he's off balance and Pew easily does him and smashes one across the face of Bogdan. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think if you look at the defending on all the goals, I mean, that first goal, Feeney's got two men at the back post and no one, yeah. like, he's marking two men. Yeah. Second goal, no one's marking the guy who scores it. Yeah. I don't know who's tracking it. All, but no all the guys set it up. Yeah. So yeah just, exactly, yeah. So that's the question, is 3-5-2 the right formation for us? Because it just seems that we get centre-backs get dragged onto one side, the opposing team can yeah. just quickly play it to the other, then they score, that's what happened with two of their goals. So, dudes, does yeah. Lennon need to ditch it? I'd say definitely. I think every time, if you play 3-5-2, then if they play with wingers, then either the centre-halves have to split and one of them marks either winger and then one guy marks the striker. But then tonight they're two up front, so you can't have... Sent half splitting and then having two forwards on one defender. So then it means Walker or Feeney has to pick up the wingers, and they're not they're not defenders; they're wingers. Yeah. So you have to play four four two and play to your strengths. I think one of the things Lennon has to do in the summer is settle on a formation and a style of play because Definitely. this year we haven't had one, and it shows when we try and play three five two that we fall apart. I think as well. It's a valid point. Like I don't think the three five. I think the three five two has had varying success. Like the Liverpool game, the Liverpool games for that matter, and Cardiff away we played three five two. But I think it's more finding the right place to suit the formation. Because Walker, despite his best efforts, he's not a defender. He was a striker. He's been moved to a midfielder. He's now been moved to a left wing back in his first season. He looks dead on his feet, and he can't really cope. He's done his best. He's getting back a bit more than Feeney, but um. It's just not working, is it? So I think, even like you say, he needs to definitely settle on his own formation and get players to see that formation. How? But with the lack of funds, is he going to be even be able to do that, Lee? Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I think the most important players in a way in that formation have to be the wing backs, and it's the only formation that employs wing backs. And wing backs are, you know, specialist quality wing backs. I think the, last, the only person that comes to mind in my head is Steve Guppy. For some reason, from Leicester, you know, someone like that. We need we need someone who can who can whip a brilliant ball, in, which I think Walker did do in his first few appearances. But he yeah. isn't a wing back. He's not mobile, despite the fact he can obviously he's run. He's young. He's not really mobile enough to play there. Weirdly, and I think we need we need specialist wing backs. Which I imagine that Lennon's sort of this Paulinho chap that we've mentioned yeah. a few times. We've heard on the grapevine and. 
let's see what he's like if he comes in. And there might be there might be options out there who we can play and get into the club for you know for ten ten p and a bag of crisps, which we probably have to spend in the summer. But yeah. um, you know they are. It is a very important position, and the, and the fact is we haven't got anyone who can really play it properly, even though the attributes of players like Feeney should really be enough to play wing-back, but he looks mm. absolutely lost as a wing-back. He, he just looks d- d- devoid of any confidence playing there. See, I think he likes it because he can incorporate two strikers, so he can have his target man in the Heskey or Craig Davis, and then he can have his more mobile striker in your Lafondra and your Clough. Then he can still have his absolutely, creative, yeah. then he can still have his creative player in behind, and how he can he can basically have a lot of attacking options, but out wide we just left two exposed all the time. And we, like you said, we haven't got the wing backs like Wigan when they played it in the Premier League. They won the FA Cup with it. Emerson Boyce on one side, and I can't remember who played the other side. Yeah. But, and then Hull, when they got promoted with Ahmed Almed Ekmahamed, El Mohammedi, whatever his bloody name is, he's a very yeah, good wing back. Yeah, and Rosinier, like they are, they are out there, but you need to find them. And I think he thought Yanko may have been that player, but uh, he's completely fallen off the face of the planet too. But he's, he's, he's not giving him a chance in that position, apart from maybe one game. Though, yeah. has he? He's played Feeney. He's, really. he's, he's drove, he's driven Feeney into the ground. A player who yeah. is, isn't well loved universally anyway he's driven him into the ground and played him every game Yanko yeah. was on the was he on the bench tonight Yanko? no he's, I mean, I'm mistaken. No he wasn't so uh, he may be injured but for me like why, why are we playing Phoenix he's not re- yeah. he's not giving him a rest he's like he must be knackered the lad to mm. be fair yeah. without, without mm. with all the, the you know I said he looks divided of confidence I'm not, I'm not surprised he's, he must be absolutely shattered like he's played nearly every game this season for us yeah. and yeah, he's not been our player of the year. He's not. He's been far from it. But you know, I feel a bit sorry for him. He, he gets a lot of stick, and you feel a bit sorry for him because he's. Yeah, I say he was marking two players on that goal. He had to go over to the guy who had the ball when he was already on a man. And what can you do when you, you've been sort of you've been left in the lurch, really? Uh, you know, by Lennon and, and his teammates, really. And I do feel a bit sorry for him, but he's not the answer yeah. at wing back, and he's he's not really the answer at winger either. So. But let's be honest. But you know, I do feel a bit sorry for Feeney. And equally, Walker tonight, I thought mm. was, I, oh, everything. Isn't it? I missed the first ten minutes of him honest, so he might have been all right in that first ten minutes. But after that, he was good. Oh, good God, he was. I know he's a young lad. I don't want to, don't want to criticise him too much, obviously. But he was absolutely horrendous in everything he it did was. after that first, um, which is is shame. And it's because he's he needed the rest as well. He mm. did. But anyway, it is what it is. With Walker, I think he has. He's got. He's got a great ability. He can beat a man. He beat a few of their players quite easily at times. He can whip a good ball in, but he's very weak. He's yeah. not. He can't tackle. He can't win headers. And playing at left wing back, he's been forced to, and he's been running to the ground playing so many games, thrown into the deep end really. And I do feel sorry for him. And with Fiend, like you say, he has played. I think he's forty five. Well, forty six games for us now, which is the second most just behind Ream. And like I say, mm. it, it does show because since it's about, I think the Liverpool game has been the turning point for our players because since then our form has dropped off massively. Dan's, Feeney, and a play, segue, player we're going to come on to now, Dorian DeVete. What has <laughs> happened to Dorian DeVete, Rob? I have no idea what's happened to him. I think two weeks ago I was, I think I was actually bigging him up two weeks ago saying he played all right in the matches. Premier League but, defender, I think you said. Oh, I'll hold you to that yeah, one. I, hope I, didn't I think that was thing. That was me, actually. Oh, that was it? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I bow my head in shame. Carry on, Rob. <laughs> yeah, he was awful tonight. I think everything he did was terrible, mm. and that red card just summed it up. I think you, I think you uh, 
predicted tonight on Twitter, Danny. <laughs> Yeah, he was dreadful. He was just so out of position all match. Yeah. And the red card just summed it up. He was about 10 yards behind Wilson and then took him out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he just, Wilson, I say Wilson, he ghosted him behind our defence all the time. We left so the, the formation yeah. just like, Davide just doesn't look like he knows how to play that role, just right of the centre backs. And Reem yeah. was out muscled quite embarrassingly against Wilson a couple of times, like in the first minutes. Yeah. First few minutes, he just like Wilson just pushed him off the ball, didn't he? Yeah, it and was. Like, it wasn't a very good game at all, really. I say with one good thing that did come out of it, I suppose, was in the last few minutes, Kane Woolery um, got his made his debut. So there's been a lot of talk about yeah. him. Do I fancy seeing a bit more of him in the final game and the Freckel too? Mm-hmm. Lee, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really. Uh, I didn't really see him touch the ball, to be honest. Um, yeah. But perhaps by that point, I'd had, I'd had three ales, and I'm painting a bit of a picture of an alcoholic boat because <laughs> I was on a strong boat last week. But never mind. I was at the pub, so I had three ales. So I was on my third ale. I wasn't really too bothered at that point. I'd kind of lost interest if I'm honest. So I'll just wait for the Bournemouth pitch invasion, and I saw Willery come on. I thought oh, that's nice for the lad, and then I didn't really pay attention to the last two minutes, if I'm completely honest. But um, so I think someone else who maybe saw his performance might be better. Better, uh, better position to comment. So um, yeah, someone else wants you, to you have a go at Willery. You didn't miss much in fairness. He came on. We didn't no. have much of the ball. He looked lively. I think he linked well with Walker once and won a corner. Did he? Yeah, All right, very good. So I'd like to see. What do you think? Do you want to like to see more of the young players start end of season with David suspended? Will Taylor get a game? Will Freckeld come in at right back? Yeah. I'd like to see the youngsters play. I think they should. Have, I don't know about playing them tonight. It's probably a bit harsh on them to throw yeah. them straight into that tonight. But um, yeah, I'd rather see Threlkeld and Taylor play at centre back rather than Moxie and now Davids going to be in, um, suspended anyway. Might as well play Threlkeld. Mm. But um, you might as well give. I don't know. Throw Woolery in for the last match. See what we can do. Yeah, nothing to lose. Really, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So apart from Bogdan aside, did you think anyone played well today? I can't tell you anyone. Anyone I thought played all right. Maybe Heskey won a few headers, but not really. Do you think anyone played well tonight, Rob? I thought Bannon played all right tonight. Did you? Apart from, well, the first twenty minutes. Yeah, right. I'm basing it on the first twenty minutes because the rest was a joke. But um, yeah. he thought... played what two or three decent balls into Lafondra and Heskey, mm. and set up half chances. And after that. I think the whole team just fell apart. But um, see, yeah, I think that's, that's clutching at straws to be honest. Yeah, see, with Bannon, I, I thought he was a passenger tonight, and I've not like I say we're massive uh, fans of Feeney on this podcast. We've uh, we often what's the I can't think of the word, but we've often said how good he is and how much we want him to stay next season. But I thought today he just looked like an absolute passenger alongside Dan's in the middle, and um, and I think his his passing became a bit of a detriment in the end because he was just hitting the long balls. Nobody was winning them when. He had Matt Davis right in front of him, one of the best dribblers on the ball in the league, let alone at our club. And he's not using them. We were dreaming of the Bannon and Davis combination after the brief cameo against Charlton, and we finally got to see it, and it disappointed, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. Lee, did you think anyone deserved a little credit after their game? Um, just just Bogdan, really. Just Bogdan, and even, even he had a little bit of a fumble towards the end, but it came through a crowd of legs when he like juggled with it and pushed yeah. it clear, but... Uh, just bogged down, really. I didn't. I just thought everyone else, not maybe, maybe not disinterested. I mean, a bad, a bad Bannon still probably better than most of our players, which says a lot. Um, I, he still, he still was looking to create, even though he didn't create. He was still looking to. Uh, Matt Davies was too deep. He was picking up the ball in our own half. Yeah, but it's the type of game where they're they're 
buoyant and excited about the game and they're sort of making most of the play and we just have to dig in a bit better but no one dug in and no one created mm. and no one did fuck all basically so you know no one yeah, no one apart from Bogdan even, and he won't be here soon there's no way yeah. he's signing a new contract yeah. so our best player was our best player won't be here next season so uh, things are looking really really yeah. uh, really great looking smashing our best player conceded three goals and you know well could, yeah so that says a lot doesn't it I think yeah I couldn't agree bla- yeah, couldn't blame him for any of them though oh no definitely but, not I agree we were pretty atrocious tonight, and that's the thing. It just looked how Lennon said pretty much that he's going to put a show on for the fans, or you know, show on for the fans, all that. And he just it was a completely. And I think it showed what the fans, what the players think of the fans, maybe because it was an absolute spineless performance, really. Just absolutely no mm. bollocks whatsoever, no risk taking. Last game of the season, got nothing. Well, second to last game of the season, got nothing to lose. That's why I got go for it a bit, but the, mm. it could have gone either. It could have gone one or two ways that game. Bournemouth could have either. Buckled under the pressure a bit and stumbled, and we could have taken advantage. Maybe it looked like that might have happened in the first twenty, but yeah. instead, the other thing they could have been absolutely buzzing and they batter us, and that is what they duly did. So to bring this hit hearty subject to a close, um, Bournemouth, what do you think of them? Do you think how do you think they'll do next year? I know it's not exactly Bolton related, but they're a good team, and we may as well give them the credits for sealing promotion. What do you reckon, Rob? How do you reckon they'll fare in the Premier League next season? I don't know. I think it's hard to tell. This year, they've, they've probably been the best team in the league. They scored the most goals, and they played really nice football. To be fair, and of all the teams that are up there, I want them to go up and win the league. And right over like Watford and Middlesbrough, who I don't like as much. Boring clubs. It's good football. Yeah, and yeah, I think you have to you have to look at how many well, they scored ninety five goals now. Is it this season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you have to give them credit for that and. I hope I hope they go up and play the same way. I think they go and take it to teams like City, for example. You go and play and actually take it out of City. You've got a chance. But they need to invest. And yeah. you look they'll, at the defence, it's not the best. They'll have no problem with that, I'd imagine, with the money that Russian fellas got rolling in. But yeah. um, mm. Do you reckon they could see him? Could you see him being a bit of a Blackpool then going up to be like... Inverted commas, that breath of fresh air. Do you reckon there'll be like a team who just go all, all balls out all the time to try and get the win? And do you reckon that will lead to their ultimate failure? What do you reckon, Lee? Um, yeah, I was going to say actually. Um, nice to hear your. Uh, is that your? That's your dog again making his yeah. uh, sixth, sixth <laughs> podcast appearance. So uh, excellent stuff from the from the dog. Um, so no, I think Bournemouth, like you say, it could be another good. It's a good uh, comparison to Blackpool, but I think. The, the show, the players they've got, something like Mark Pugh, who was playing at Berry a few years ago, the players they've got aren't outstanding, and mm. well, individually on paper, they mm. are outstanding as a unit, and they're becoming outstanding individuals through the coaching of Eddie Howe, and it shows mm. what you can actually do. They're, okay, they've spent they've spent big money. Callum Wilson, I think, cost a couple of million from Coventry. Yep. Um, quite a few of the players have cost a bit of money. Matt Ritchie cost just over a million. Not big, big books, but yeah, they have, they have, um, and they've got a link with Demari Gray from Birmingham in the in the, uh, yeah. in the January transfer for five million. They have got money behind them now, but the players they brought in, like Harry Hart as a youth product, I think, um, cost them four play- grand. Is that all right? Yeah. So that pro- it proves what you can actually do. But he's had a lot of time there. He's in two spells, obviously, in between Burnley. Uh, what Eddie Howe's done there. Mm. I think they are nailed on to win two or three of the first four games of the Premier League season just because of the 
exuberance they've got and, and the quality yeah. that they've got on the ball, they'll they'll outscore teams at home. And I, I said to my mate in the pub, I said, Bournemouth will win the first two or three games of the season, both teams to score, and they'll and they'll win like sort of three two two one because they'll outscore teams through the pure sort of mm. just like I say exuberance and sort of like buoyancy the lad of being promoted. They'll, they'll I think they'll but they could they could quite easily tail off if key players get injured. They, they may struggle, but with that little bit of money behind them, like you say, um, I, I think they're a great club. You know, like apart from the fact Harry Redknapp's uh, oh. Harry Redknapp's their patron saint, the older. Wheeler dealer himself, but the leathery um, old twat. He should have seen him on Sky. <laughs> My days. He would... I didn't really listen to him when he was. I signed Eddie out for Portsmouth. It's like me. Yeah. <laughs> Played two games for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah, something like that. But yeah, I think I believe he's trying to claim um, his own part in that Bournemouth oh. story. Like what? An idiot. Yeah, yeah, but from when he, when he was managing, he managed them before uh, West Ham, didn't he? Is that, is that yeah. true? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so he set the he set the wheels in motion uh, twenty five years ago or something for this uh, promotion <laughs> charge. But anyway, that's enough for Harry. But uh, yeah, I think I think everyone will. I think they're going to be everyone's second team, a bit like Burnley, aren't they? Really, yeah. next season. I think you know they've never been there before. Uh, well, they've been in the top division before years and years ago. But uh, I think, but um, they've never been in the Premiership, obviously. And they'll be they'll be a great story next year. And good luck to them. You know, they're, they're a good side and. They're good to watch. There's no, there's nothing bad about them, really. Is it? Like, say, yeah. I think they'll be everyone's second team, and you, you can't really have anything but praise from the way they played tonight. But individually, like, look at the, the individual players. They're not, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be streets ahead of us, but they absolutely were. And mm. it shows what can be done with a philosophy and coaching and, and time um, to, to to embed that into a team and into into a club. And um, that's what we should be looking to do. But obviously, it's, it's hard because Lennon's not going to be here for years. You're like, we'll either get rid of him because we get sick of him, like because we have performances like this, ridiculously as, as that sounds now. No, I agree. Um, but it, you know, but after Freeman's first six months, you never thought we'd probably get rid of him so quickly. Um, or he'll move on to Leicester or bigger, bigger or better mm. things or Leicester. And so, um, you know, it's just a case of let's look at what Bournemouth are doing there and try and replicate it, but it's not always easy in in the modern modern world of football we live in. I think Bournemouth have got three things that Blackpool, when they went up, didn't, and clubs like us don't. Well, don't at the minute, but could have potentially in the future. Mm. They have money, they've got a good backing, as you said, they bid five million for Darmani Gray, they've played Kenwood Jones for 30, 40 grand a week, they, Mm. um, they bought Callum Wilson for three million pounds. Bought Matt Richie for a million pounds. They've got they've got backing. They've got they've got youth on their side. When Blackpool went up, they had Gary Taylor Fletcher leading line. I don't know they had yeah like they had like Sir Tom Ince and Matt Phillips. I may have just remembered that as soon as I made the point. So forget that one. But B, um, they've got a good manager because I don't care what anyone says. Ian Holloway is a fraud. It fluked one good season and fair play. It was a good season, but he's an absolute fraud. And Eddie Howe, I think he may have. It didn't go well for him at Burnley, but at Bournemouth, um, he has done well. He was recently voted the Football League Manager of the Decade. And I didn't really understand why mm-hmm. until I asked a Bournemouth fan, and he under- and he told, like, explained all he'd done at the club. But you think, for his age and for his lack of experience, all he has achieved, like keeping them up, getting them to to League One, no Premier League football, he can't really knock it. And I'd like, and I could see him if he has a good season at Bournemouth, keeps them up, establishes them, he could go into really big things as a manager. So anyway, we'll bring that. Conversation to a close on a positive note for another club instead of talking about the weariness of ours, and we'll be back in a few seconds to talk about Emil Heskey. 
Hello everyone and welcome back to the Line of Vienna podcast. Um, there's been a talking point in the last two weeks. There's been lots of chatter about contract renewals and the like and of course we've got two golden oldies up front. Everyone's, with them being Ida Good-Johnson and Emil Heskey, everyone's pretty determined to make sure Good-Johnson stays and wants him to play another year. But um, there's not been really too much discussion, on this podcast at least, I think we mentioned it briefly last week, about Heskey, Heskey signing a new contract. Obviously, Lennon said he's been phenomenal for him, and he has, he's played so obviously, I did not expect him to play as much as he has done. He played another 90 minutes tonight. And um and Esky said he's loving it here and wants to carry on playing. So, guys, do we want Esky back next year? I'll go to you firstly. Um, uh, you get torn every week, really, about this. I mean, I, think I know Chris changed his mind uh, on the last podcast um, from from a big no to yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but now, uh, yeah, yes, Let, let's have him as a squad member. Let's have him as someone we can throw in. He's proved he's more effective away from home. Apart from his uh, debut goal against Blackburn, obviously. Um, but he's proved he's more effective away from home. And he is someone, along, well, when him and Craig Davis played up front together, we we won away at Cardiff and we won away at Sheffield Wednesday. And they're the, the only two games I think they've played up top away together. And we won both of them, which you could call it coincidence and, or you could call it, you know, sort of two big men up front causing havoc for the opposition defence. And that's not a bad way to go away from home, maybe. Um, but, yeah... As long as he's not asking for twenty grand a week, and I don't think he is, he doesn't need the money now, surely. Mm. As long as it, is, it is about wages at the end of the day. It shouldn't be, but it is. And um, if he's only asking for five a week, it's still a lot of money for a championship club to pay five grand a week. But if, he, if that's what he's asking for, and he's happy to play another season, let, let's have him. You're not going to get much better. Um, the youngsters can learn off him to an extent, and not it's not about the goal scoring but about the other aspects of his play um and yeah let's give him a let's give him another um another year and you know he, he could do a lot worse than have him in, at your club and he's he's a, he's a good character and he's a, don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about him as a character oh, as, as a as a guy um and if he if he's happy to stay here it might encourage one or two others you know if he thinks it's a good place to be then it might encourage one or two others to come and join him here, maybe not not as old. We don't want him as old as him, but you know, maybe some some other veterans might be might lend the hand and lend their experience to us as well if they the, the, the see Emil enjoying it. What, what do you reckon, Rob? Yeah, I agree. Um, we need him in around the squad just to. Um, I think I'd keep him there just to help the other like, young lads like Clough and potentially Woolery who are coming into the first team and need a bit of experience. Um, yeah, I thought tonight he was all right for. 20 minutes, he's winning everything in the air for the first 20 minutes, but then I don't think he touched it for the next 70 minutes, but yeah, he's had a few decent games, and if he's good enough, let's keep him, but not if he's asking for stupid money, we we need to invest better, but um, yeah, I think I think it's worth keeping him for the experience that he offers, oh, even if he's not going to score as many goals, is he, but yeah. um, if he can help the young lads come through, and yeah. I think it so depends, are we going to keep Craig Davis, is he... See. I'm not sure. I don't think we are, to be honest with you. I don't think with his injury record mm. and with his performances when he came back with the injury, like, I know he was just coming back so he was a bit rusty, but he missed... I keep going back to this. I must have said it about five times, but he missed for about a sitter for about five games in a row, cost us mm. points in each. Yeah. So I'm not certain, especially with coming... He's in, like, plays six games and gets injured for two months. I don't know if we can really afford to pay him 
wages when we could give that money to another spot and get a striker who's a bit more and uh, can actually play all season. Win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one thing about Heskey, he might be 38, but he's been fit the whole time he's been here, apart from, what, two yeah, weeks co- maybe? A couple of niggly injuries and hamstrings and stuff. Yeah. I think that's more to do with our pitch as well, that obviously needs to look at in the summer. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, 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 I definitely think it's what it's having been around. And... I, yeah, I do... I'm not gonna be honest. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I thought, Rob, you, you've when I've been on a podcast with you, you've often um, been the devil's advocate in arguments and gone the other way. I, I was hoping <laughs> to spice this conversation up because the air has gone dead, people. <laughs> that you'd be against it. So to play devil's advocate, I shall. Um, I've seen a few comments on the old Twitter saying um, how he's. A lot of people don't seem happy with him, and they've called him. I saw one, not a, 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 a very mean tweet saying. Hesky, you fat shit or whatever, and uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. why is Hesky that that is despicable? Why is Hesky the captain of my club and this type of stuff? Yeah. And I, I do disagree with that as well because I just just want to be clear though. I didn't I didn't laugh at uh, I didn't laugh at the fact that Hesky's just been called those uh, expletives. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting you to say it, so uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, so uh, just came out with it. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not laughing. The, uh, the comment, Emil, if you, if you do listen to the love part. I'm sure he does, I'm sure yeah. he does. I, I, can, I think he's a, he's a striker who's played, what, 70-odd times for England? Yeah. Can't turn away that kind of experience think, if it's available to us. I think he's yeah. such a donkey, it is true, he's such a donkey in front of the goal, though. I don't get it. Away from his back to goal, his touch is so good. He can ring off his head to play really well. He did it a couple of times today, but as soon as he gets in front of the goal, he's, it's like his feet like get ripped apart from his body and only point sideways and he can only put the ball either side of the goal. Like it happened it was offside but Davit won another flick on and the um oh no that was a different one, sorry. The ball came across him basically and he just passed it wide of the net instead of putting it in the net. So so he's and the Brentford one as well when he went clean through, he did mm. brilliantly the Welton knocker centre back nearly half his age on his ass. Then gloriously plastic it wide. So do How we, many goals has he scored, Dan, one. For, for us? Is it just the one just goal the on his one. debut? So, do we need a striker who can score more? Obviously we do, but do we risk getting rid of Heskey to afford that? Um, oh, God. You're making a compelling argument for it now, yeah. Exactly. Um, just be a developed advocate. I mean, you say Lafondra, but then what's he done tonight? I know if, we're oh, gonna be, yeah. if we buy him, it's going to be... What two or three million probably, and then we, we can't play. He can't play on his own. That's for sure. No. From, he can, no, we can't have him on his own. And that's why Lennon, you know, favours the three-five-two to have him up front with the target man. But it's no good if Definitely. they need mm. to have a special sort of understanding up, up top. And I don't know. I don't know who would. I don't. I don't think Good Johnson and Lafonda would be a bad shout because Good Johnson can hold it up in a different way to yeah. Heskey, in a more intelligent way and in a more composed way, rather than just trying to flick it on randomly and hope Lafonda's run in that direction to the ball. I mean, mm. I think um, maybe, but you can't expect either to play forty games a season either. So no. I, I don't really know why because I think when he's played, he, he doesn't look like he's flagging that much to me. Um, no. He's a generally reasonably fit sort of guy, and and could Good Johnson and Lafondre be the main strike force? But uh, the more the more you look at Ski, the more you kind of you, you feel sorry for him, and feel like you, we should just keep him on because I feel a bit sorry for him in a way. Like I don't know, as bad as that sounds, like um, we can't just feel sorry for someone and give him another year of professional football when they're not really offering when they've scored one pissing goal all season. You have reminded me of one funny tweet I saw. I can't find who said it, 
but it was if. if I think that has to be I think that has to be edited out, but I'm not sure. We'll see <laughs> what says. Might, I might have to delete that. But I saw that and I thought, hmm, I think that's a bit mean. I do not personally, I personally do not agree with that tweet because <laughs> I think I was playing devil's advocate. I do think we should keep Esky, as I've said before. I think. Yeah, let's he, keep him, man. Oh, <laughs> oh my days! The air's gone dead. Oh man, I fucked it bad. Oh fuck, we're gonna win that though because it's dead. When you go into more conversational points, see you later. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Sorry for the abrupt end to that segment, but this hosting malarkey is new to me, and the nerves got the better of me there, so to speak. No, right, now we're going to go on to a brief news roundup, because the season's drawing to a close. There's not much really to talk about, but there's been a few few little bits, a few little tidbits of news in this past week, since well, week and a day since we last saw you, since we're recording this a day later, thanks to Sky. The bastards. Um, so the first bit is that the in, the dreaded injury curse has struck down again, and this time it's to experienced Crystal Palace defender Paddy McCarthy. He's been sent back due to, um, with a foot injury picked up against Brentford. I was just wondering, Lee, what do you think of his time here, and would you have him back next year if a, if it was only a minimal fee, just a few hundred grand or so? Um, I think that McCarthy's shone hugely in his first his debut uh, yeah. at Blackburn, uh, which I spoke about at length and uh, hailed him as the new hybrid of Paolo Maldini and John Terry. Um, on that, uh, yeah, the on that uh, on that performance. But uh, perhaps I was uh, hasty because he looked like a bit of a clogger in the home game that we didn't do too well in Blackpool. I think possibly yeah, Blackpool game. He, lo- he, he looked a bit cumbersome and a bit a bit sort of a journeyman esque. Shall we say um, in that game? But uh, yeah, again, it's it's signing someone who's spent a year and a half out injured, and you know, we, you, can we sign someone who isn't fucking injury prone? Like we just need someone who can actually play a full season. I mean, Reams yeah. played a full season, and by default, he's probably going to be our player of the year again because he's actually managed to play a full season. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get a, a medal for being able. To, get through the season which is not enough we, we, we're a football club not a bloody Sunday league team where the, the player of the year manager's player of the year is the only guy who turns up every Sunday because he's not pissed so that we're not that's not good enough we need someone who can play games and he, he, he's proven again he's got injured again I mean it's, it was in a full-blooded tackle so let's not have a go at him he didn't just limp off with a with a, a muscle strain or something he's, he's got injured putting his body on the line so you know let's not have a go at him here but I think if it's a minimal fee and he doesn't want many wages again, yes, he's 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 at this level. He's not a bad player, and he did show that in his first few games. But you mentioned on the agenda a, a gentleman, uh, a Dutch uh, centre yeah. half called uh, I think he's called Nick uh, Qu- yeah. uh, Qu- Kipers. Kipers. I'm going to say quite quite no, not Kippers. That's a fish. That's a fish. Exactly. It's a fish. It's a fish. <laughs> That's what, um, I know what a kipper is, man. I think That's, it's that's Kipper, kipper to me. No, it's Quipers. Where are you quipers. getting the Q from? Quipers. It's not a Q. Quipers. No, I'm fine. Quipers. Quipers? It's not going to be. I don't know where I was getting Quipers. I can say it with Quipers. Anyway, enough, enough of that. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not worth it carrying on with that kind of uh, Name pr- pronunciation game. Yeah. I, th- I like to know my... I think I like my Dutch area divisie. I mean, it's actually, he's actually in the Dutch second division. He's in the yeah. Erste, Erste Divisie. 
as uh, mm-hmm. Steve McLaren would probably say. Um, so he's a young lad and he's well thought of apparently. And you know, let's let's get younger players in and yeah. let's not pull, put our uh, pin our hopes on injury prone thirty two year olds. Basically, um, I don't know what your thoughts on it, Rob, but I'm, I've made myself pretty clear there. Even though I did love him on his first game, um, but McCarthy. It's a no for me. Yeah, I'm not sold on McCarthy either. Um, I think he's been all right for a couple of games, but he's not a long-term option for me. Um, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather see someone like Threlkeld come through and stake a place in the first mm. team. But um, I think McCarthy would be demanding Premier League wages as well, so I'm not convinced he's a viable option. Remarkably, lads, once again, we're all come to an anonymous decision on the player because <laughs> I too... I'm literally the same opinion. It's getting really boring when we all agree with each other. Someone seems no. to be a dick and disagree with everyone purposely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I do agree. I think in his first few games, he was very good. He was he's something we haven't seen in a while and just no nonsense. He wouldn't fanny about with it in the back. He'd just get it forward. No messing. Safe as you like. But then he started, as you said, the Blackpool game and a few others. He was a bit cumbersome, making silly mistakes, getting in the way and just not being as solid as he was. And uh, yeah, I do agree with the AG. If he was out of contract in the summer and was coming on a free for experience, back up, yeah. But with a year left and with money having to be transferred, at least to some degree, I don't know how much Palace, Palace seemed to be wanting to get rid of him. So I can't see him demanding too much. Has he, def- has he definitely got a year, yeah, a year left? Yeah, he's on contract extension in September. Yeah. Oh, really? He's technically right. not captain. Was he not the bloke who... Um, you don't remember that um, fake Neil Lennon hoax call? Was he not yeah, the bloke yeah, he is. Yeah. Tony Pulis recommended to the fake guy? Yeah, it was, ironically. He is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's sure. technically Crystal Palace's captain. He was their captain before he suffered the massive yeah, injury. Is. And then Jedin, I think Jedin, that's pretty much the captain now. Like, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, yeah, like for that, he's a leader... Um, strong, solid, dependable backup. If he was coming on a free, I'd agree. But with yeah. with any sort of fee involved, it can be better served elsewhere. Like I said, getting Nick Kuypers on a because he is out of contract, I believe, and getting him on a free. The young yeah. Paulinho lad, I think, he's either a free or a loan in the summer. So yeah, I think we need to start. Obviously, the youth, the older players like Heskey and Good Johnson, obviously, they are good coming in on frees themselves and adding experience to the squad. But I think. In the core of the squad, it's getting it's aging a bit. It's the average age is coming down with the likes of Clough, Vella, Walker, Clayton, etc. But mm. I think the core of our team, Mills, Ream, I won't say Bogdan, but and then Dan's and Prattley, they are getting on a bit. And mm. and did Craig Davis as well. I think we need to rejuvenate the team a bit with the best we can. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that the core of our team. Sorry, sorry, Dan. Uh, the core of team. our team needs to be needs to be fresh. It needs to be players who've who have got that hunger about them. And let's be honest, the, the core of our... If we did base the core of our team on Mills, Ream... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying get rid of Ream at all, but, I mean, it, I'm, I, I'm happy with him at left-back. But um, if we're basing our, like you say, core of the team on, on Mills, Dan's, Prattley to an extent, and, you know, and good Johnson or, Hes- or Heskey, oh. um, these players, Prattley, Mills, they've, they've not been good enough in the Championship over the last two years. And, consistently. And, and they've not, well, yeah, consistently, yeah. But they've had the little spells. They've all yeah. had the little spells of, of being very good. But it's about a 46-game marathon, not not a little little five-six game period of playing well. And, and if we've got to base our core of our team on people like Bella and people like Clough, who are only going to improve, hopefully not just get injured all the time as well, but... 
they're only going to improve these guys and we need to base it on youth and and, yeah. and people who are hungry to get up to the top level because some of these players have, have played at top level practically you know Dan just don't think has ever played much premiership football if, if any at all mm. um, but we've, we need players who are hungry for that not players who are kind of coasting towards the end of the career and just they probably they've, they've ran the race a lot of these players. Um, and yeah. Mills is never going to be a Premiership defender, and that's why I'm surprised Lennon's even offered him another contract. People like that. Let's bring this guy in, um, Kuipers. Um, <laughs> let's let's bring him in. Let's give him a go, and let's see if he's up to yeah. it. And I'm I'm sure he'll be hungry to play here, and I'm sure he'll be. And hopefully he's not injury prone. Yeah. Either whatever the case is, it's obviously going to be a massive summer for Lennon, which we've discussed at length. He's going to have to rejuvenate the whole club from the training ground to the scouting to the medical team potentially to the squad itself and but what I want to know is from you like how is he going to do that there's good different ways like as you say we're talking about the free transfer market he said that he's going to record say he doesn't want to use the loan market as much next season so I wonder like he's brought in on trial he's brought a few players on trial recently like the Mattia Bobbin a centre back from Serbia I believe somewhere like that and Slovenia then, but yeah so, the, oh, Lee though the stats got yep. to be done and I think as a young lad came in on trial the previous week called Daniel O'Brien from Aston Villa uh, I know very little about this fella footballing wise but got a nice irrelevant story about him I thought I remembered his name and he was actually a story in the local paper I delivered two years ago when he signed for Villa as he goes to as he went to a local high school near me so he's from my local area. So I would love to see him sign for Bolton if it happened. Have a lad from my local area who's played for the same teams I actually played for once upon a time. Um, it would be great. So that irrelevant tangent aside, how's how's Lennon? He said he's going to sign at least five players. How is he going to do that? There's rumours of a takeover from a, a Irish agent called Jerry Carlisle or something, and Israelis. There's there's the the lower leagues which Bournemouth have obviously tapped into. I know they were there for a while, but they've signed a striker from League One, and now they're in, now he's in the Premier League. And um, obviously the loans and free agent market. How is Lennon going to recruit in the summer, Lee? Hmm. Um, well, like you say, it's just going to be completely dependent on whether any sort of takeover materialises, and then just trying to sell players and raise funds. Um, what do you think? Where do you think it, the money's going to come from, Rob? I have no idea. I mean, even if a takeover happens, they're going to have to pay. Well, how much are we in debt to Davis? Is it like 180 million? 160, yeah. I think. But Something that's like that. basically, from what I understand, Eddie Davis can literally just wipe that if he chooses and it's irrelevant. Yeah. Something along those lines. I'm no financial expert by any means. Yeah, I don't know how that works. But I can't really see anyone coming in and like wanting to invest serious money and try and give us a chance, to be honest. So I think if you look at... Um, in terms of investing, I think if you look at Ipswich, they've spent no money at all, but yet McCarthy's turned them around from being, well, relegation candidates to then being in the playoffs this year. So it shows it can be done on a budget. You just have to get the right players in. I think uh, I think it's more you have to get the right manager in, really, because yeah. McCarthy is trying to test a championship manager. Eddie Howe's obviously doing what he's doing at Bournemouth. He's um, one of the high, most promising young managers in the country. Is Lennon the right manager to do it? I'm, I love him. I'm not judging either way, but is he, has he made the right stuff to get us up next year? He talks a good game, certainly, but can he do it? I think he can do it. I think it's hard to judge him because he's done he's oh, won yeah. so much with Celtic that, but that's just on a plate. I could probably win the title at Celtic, to be honest. But um, I think he needs the summer to see what he can do, what he can bring in, Definitely. how much money he's got. 
Um, let's see what he can do. But I think it's tough to judge him at the moment. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm not judging him per se because he's. No. Did, I think staying up with this team with the fucking amount yeah. of injuries I've had. I think Lee used in the Facebook message that we had 24 unavailable players for Bournemouth. Was that right? With yeah. Um, well, yeah, 14 are out on loan, including a couple of nomad youngsters yeah. um, who even you, you've probably not heard of. Uh, one of them's Glenn, Glenn someone I can't remember he's a full he's at Telford anyway no one's ever mentioned him yeah. uh, oh, Glenn, Matthews. Glenn Matthews yeah that's how sad I am that so he's probably going to sign for them in the summer anyway but like, including him yeah 24 players 10 out, 10 out for the season including Mills and Vela which um, yeah. Lennon's confirmed confirmed yesterday I think in the yeah. in the presser and um, yeah 10 out for the season and 14 out on loan which it seems bizarre that's like that's probably more than Chelsea have got out on loan and they farm out youngsters to to Holland like you know like yeah. slave, slave labor so I, I, you know I just it's it's too many players in it to to have <laughs> to have um, unavailable at one club and uh, we need to make better usage of the of this sort of squad that we've got and not have so many players who we obviously don't want I'm sure Lennon will trim it down considerably I think we'll have a turnover of players that only sort of uh, not bettered, probably worse, and then it was probably the better adjective than the, the Blackpool had uh, last summer when they just mm. got any old any old person who wanted to play from um, from anywhere and just stuck them in the squad because they had no one in the squad. I mean, I think you know, hopefully, London's going to have a bit more of a selective recruitment policy than that, but um, it's going to be a very difficult summer to try and for him to try and get the squad he wants. I think it's going to prove extremely difficult. Even with funds or without funds, because I think the the only the only good thing is is Lennon's name and his own his own um, kudos as a, as a manager and as a, as a personality and as a character. Yeah. Um, that is probably going to be the only way that we're going to attract the people he wants to attract and that we should be attracting. But um, we're just going to have to wait and see. But it's going to be exciting, and there is that bedrock of the youth coming through. Uh, however much Walker played badly tonight, I don't think he's a bad. player. Player. I think he can improve right. as a young boy. Uh, don't really see how him, like I said. Vela, uh, let's hope he can stay injury-free. Let's hope he can push on and nail down that centre midfield spot because we don't want him playing at right-back or wing-back. Um, and you know that basis of the youth, we build on that and we try and add add quality to it. Yeah, definitely. I think, as we've said before, as I mentioned before, how our core, the core of our squad is old. But I think either coming through recruitment with signings or just with the young players we've got, if we can lower the age of the core of our squad, get Vela in the middle, either Freckel, Taylor or somewhere, Kuypers even, centre, leader at the back, Clough obviously leading the line, Clayton out wide and Walker the mm. other wing, it lowers the squad age, hopefully lowers the injury count you'd have thought, but it's not looking too good since Clough picked up two injuries in his first six months. Clayton, Clayton's very injured. Yeah, yeah, got a longer, long-term injury last year as well. So it looks like another, another player who's fucking littered with injuries we've signed, so that's good. So I think... Yeah. Do you think... There's been rumours all season long about takeovers. There was a Thailand thing in like February time, maybe November time. Somewhere, somewhere along those lines has been the whole stuff yeah. now. Lee, do you think there is a chance of a takeover? We, I think, see some of the clubs who have had multi-million takeovers, I think we're a more, apart from the debt, obviously, which is obviously quite a stumbling block, We see, I think we're a more of a glamorous proposition. We've got a decent history of European football. We've got a big, good stadium that has a hotel attached. We own all the training ground, the free school, 
all that type of stuff. Can you see it happening at some point in the near future? Um, well, I hope, well, let's hope, let's hope so in a way. But it's, it, with it, it brings instability. And we've always been, we've always been a club who give managers. Well, we have, we used to be give managers chances. Hence the Allardyce ten-year contract. Yeah. We even gave Gary Megson as much of a chance as we could. Yeah, uh, And free. We don't. We're not hasty with that. And, and I like that about us as a club. I like the, the rich history, and I yeah. like, I like the fact that we we kind of um, we're a proper Lancashire club, even even though Eddie Davis is in. Um, Another so, beep out. Yeah, no, I don't think you can say, can say what you want, can't you, on this podcast? Um, we'll so, yeah. Um, so basically, you know, of course there's a chance of it, but it is going to be dependent on the lovely Eddie Davis, um, whether he sort of, let's say, writes off some of the debt or gives, you know, his, his final wishes of us being debt free and being the most. If we, well, if he wipes all of it off and we're debt free, what, what a. You know, we're in the best position that most of the country in the whole of the yeah. most of the clubs in the whole of the country. Sorry, you know, like if if he does do that, I can't see that happening. But yeah, of course, of course, we're in a good proposition. We're not we're not a million miles away from being a, a good team again. And it's just just the it's just whether there's anyone out there who wants to wants to invest in us. Really, you know, as much as me, we're speculating about. Sort of uh, speculating about something we don't really know about, for honest, aren't we? But yeah. that's what we that's what we do in this podcast. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? Do you think we're prime for uh, some Israelis or Irish takeovers? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it, hasn't there? And there's that um, Dragon's Den woman was linked with us as well. Wasn't oh, that's she? true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well I think remembered. that was more of a publicity stunt, personally. Yeah, 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 end, yeah. You think she'd? Uh... <laughs> You think she'd be a bit better advised on uh, investments than to invest in Bolton? But, um, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't see it personally. I don't. Uh, I don't see anyone wanting to. Seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. But I want us to have the Venkies money. <coughs> look, that look that's taking Blackburn. So. I'm surprised. On a quick note about Blackburn Rovers, they've got two twenty goal scoring strikers, and they're still yeah. about tenth. Why have they not got a good manager? They had a good manager. They'd win league with them too. So I was thinking that they, they, I was watching um, Soccer Saturday. Yeah. And they said that Gusted scored and he's got his 21st. And then Rhodes scored and he's got his 20th. I'm thinking, mm. where are they in the league? And they're nowhere near the playoffs. How are, no. they, how are they not near the playoffs with that, with that record? Positional-wise, they're near the playoffs. Yeah. Not, I think they're about 10 points off. They're on about 60 points where the playoffs are about nearly going on 80. Yeah, 70. Yeah. No, it's something like that. They're about 10, 15 points behind, I'm pretty sure. She probably should mm. have that up, but yeah. 13 points off the playoffs. There we go. Well the, de- the demise of Lancashire clubs. And <laughs> yeah. Paul Burnley will be joining us back in the Dolphins uh, soon. Yeah, Blackpool will that, be fucked off. <laughs> on that sad note, Dan, what about what about Mark Tierney? Yeah, he took the words out of your mouth. He's sadly had to retire. He's only made eight appearances for the club, and I, I, I remember being very impressed with him when I did see him. I think I was away for his first few games, but then I came whenever the next home game was after the Reading game. So I, mean, I was immediately took by him. I thought he just was very passionate, full-blooded, which obviously led to his unfortunate injury. But he just seemed like a very heart and sleeve, passionate type of player. And who I've, I've said a few times, I could have seen him being captain at club in the future had he continued to play. But alas, a full-blooded, a full-blooded tackle, quite needless, but one of those that gets fans up on the seats 
ups on the feet, up on the feet, sorry, against Yeovil on the halfway line, just left him, unfortunately, never allowed to play, not able to play football again. Where do you reckon of it all, Lee? I think um, he's he's another one who came to the club on the back of um, not having a, a great injury record in the rest of his career, to be honest. Uh, his brother, Paul, quite the local lads, actually, they don't live too far from me, like in uh, Presswich, where they grew up there. and oh, I was, he, he went to my... Um, I think it was a year above me in my college, Mark, uh, Mark Cheney. Um, and he played on our football team. And he, he used to get injured then as well. So, you know, it doesn't really surprise me, unfortunately. His brother Paul was at United and he had to retire through injury. So, that, again, it seems to be that we, we, we cursed all we ever talked about is injured players. But I do feel sorry for the lad. He was, um, I remember his first, was it his second, before, second game for Bolling? First home, first home uh, game for him. He swung a lovely crossing. Who had it in? Was it Prattley against yeah. Red in second home was, game, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was a cracking Our ball. First home game, actually. And he, he was excellent in that game. I remember that game. I think uh, it's one all. I think it's finished one all. Yeah, um, a penalty, I think. Yeah, dodgy one for handball. Probably, probably knowing us. Um, yeah. It just seems to be a, a, a succession, of, like a bad luck sort of curse and. Anyone we sign, but again, he was another one who he was injury prone before, and a completely new injury. Obviously, when it happened, it is sad for him, and he's he's quite philosophical about it. He said, "I just want a recreational ankle." I think he called it or a recreational. Yeah, I think I think it was, it was his ankle mainly, wasn't it? But, but he fractured his leg, but the ankle was the main main bit, of the problem I think um, for him. And he's he's made noises about. You know he can't even really run without pain, which is it's really sad, obviously, for the guy. And yeah, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd, no one wants to see someone uh, have to retire through through injury, and it's 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 a sad. It was a sad day when he announced it. But we've, we've been aware of it for for a long time. Yeah, and us people in the know, like us on the podcast, we're somehow getting the know. No, I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> we, we people realised he wasn't going to come back for a long time, and it was just a, a you know a. a an announcement of the inevitable, really. But um, yeah, really sad to see him see him retire, and uh, good luck to him in his, his future endeavours, as, as you say. Uh, what do you make of this sad affair, Rob? Yeah, echo the sentiments, really. I mean, good player who's been forced to retire too early. Better player than Dean Moxie at left back, that's for sure. Definitely. But I think so, if we had him available, poor Dean. Poor Dean. Uh, fuck, fuck it's just annoying, isn't it? Like the players we've had missing through injury, long-term injuries. So, yeah. Tierney, Holden's been out for what five years, I think. Now, something yeah. like that. My heart. Yeah, Davis constantly out. It's just um, one of the things you get used to as a Bolton fan, isn't it? Um, players not being available. Mm, I think Dennis posted on the old Facebook group chat that it was like we've lost Holden, Moamba, yeah, Tierney, the the other player who had a heart attack. I can't remember his name. Please. Fadiga? Yeah, him. There was probably Gardner had to retire early, I think. We've lost to an extent, a, yeah. Yeah. We've lost a few good players. I, I, I don't know Fadiga, obviously, wasn't really a football follower back then. But we've lost a few players in tight, recent times due to injury. And I, th- I think we are. Many many clubs, people say this, and it's often an exaggeration, but we are one of the most unluckiest clubs with injuries I've ever I don't wanna, I've ever seen. I don't want to go into the Paul physio argument debate again, like, but I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sure that we've had more injuries in the last five years than we've scored goals. I'd, I'd, <laughs> must, must, must be, yeah, so, must be. Yeah. It's just the, the, oh. there's unlucky though. There's unlucky, and there's just like yeah, there's just bad, bad. There's bad. Re- it's, there's bad yeah. recruitment, and it's like naive recruitment. 
Um, sometimes, if you buy a player who's got a bad injury record, what do you expect to get from him? Bad injury record. Mm. Realistically, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly critical of you know. Yeah, sometimes you've got to take a chance, and that's what Allardyce did to an extent with a lot of his players they brought in. Some of them had bad injury records, and with his sports science and Mark Leather, and he was in charge of it then, and came back to us as well, didn't he? But mm. there was um, there was obviously that element that he did take a risk with some players who had had maybe a few bad injuries or maybe were out of favour that kind of thing and it worked for him but it doesn't always work and unfortunately we've signed a lot of players who we, they've not just had a bad injury record when they've got it they've not just been unlucky most of these players have been consistently injured throughout most of their career and you know Moamba's a one-off obviously that was you can't legislate for that and that was, that was tragic but, but you know at least he survived but you know mm. it's bad it's naive recruitment as well and yeah. you've got to look at that you've got to look at that as well without the same we're unlucky yeah I think if you look at um, Bournemouth tonight they've barely had the player injured all season mm. yeah and you have to say that's down to good recruitment I mean they brought in Callum Wilson I'd never heard of him what a year two years ago and at the same time we probably we bought Craig Davis and you look at Craig Davis from a goals perspective he did alright at Barnsley didn't he I think yeah. eight goals then, and it's in the yeah. summer, summer before we signed him. Yeah, which is decent. But then again, Craig Davis cost about ten times or whatever. Three hundred grand is less than three yeah. million less. So it's, yeah. it just shows like the gulf that how much money gets you in this division really, and yeah. and the fast how much we really how far away we really are from challenging. Oh, miles away. Next year is probably, as much as we hope it's not going to be, it'd only depend on how this summer goes and how well the youngsters stay injury-free if we do anything next year. But on that slightly sombre note, I think we'll end that segment there and we'll be back in a few seconds to preview our last game of this long and dreary season against Birmingham City. Don't go anywhere. Hello again, you're here with Lee, Rob and Dan for Love Bud. And this is the Birmingham City preview for our last our last uh, football game of the long and long-winded, never-ending season. And we're playing once again on the final day, Birmingham City. Obviously last year we had the dramatics of the 2-2 draw with Lee Clark nearly exploding into the away stand, obviously after Paul Caddis's late equaliser to keep Birmingham City in the league, which I've got to say was one of, I think it was one of my first few match reports I wrote for the Line of Fiona site, and I just like, couldn't help but comment just how amazing that they were treated. Yeah, you saw Bournemouth's pitch inversion tonight, but that just seemed all too, too premedicated, too southern, if you mind me saying. Birmingham's was just pure, raw, emotionally fueled scenes I'd hate saying that word because I sound like an absolute wank but yeah and then obviously I think we played them back in 2010 we beat them 2-1 on the final day I think Ivan Klasnich winner I believe Pitch Invaders invaded that pit, that game too one of them dressed as a, a man dressed as a woman running the length of the pitch to kiss Joe Hart oh remember. yeah yeah, I do remember that. That was yeah. crazy. I took a video. I've got a video of that somewhere. Oh man, we'll right. you need to dig that up, man. I'll, I'll embed it into my next article just for no reason whatsoever. Oh, definitely. And then I believe a few years prior, maybe two thousand and six, Ricardo Vaste relegated them to the Championship. If I'm recalling that correctly, in a one 0 win. I wasn't actually a Bolton slash football fan then. I just went. I was at Reebok that day, and I just heard cheering. And were, you al- were you alive? Were you alive then, Dan? 
You're about 13, aren't you, Dan? We're not, we're not, I'm not that young. I'm not going to go, I, well, I never really started liking football until I was like, my first season was the season Campo scored that goal against Tottenham. Oh, and then, what and then a got, great memory. Exactly. That was like my first game when I actually knew what was happening. And then I got my season ticket, half season ticket before the Liverpool game when we beat them 2-0, Speed and Campo. Great day. Mm-hmm. So and then, then I've been a Bolton fan since, but everything prior to that I have no knowledge of, so I never got to see the likes of JJ and Jokiev. That's why I was nearly in tears when I thought I'd missed Kevin Davis's testimonial. But thankfully it's been moved. Enough yeah. of the self indulgence. Lee. <laughs> How are Birmingham doing this season? How how is it? How's the game going to go? Well, um, I put them in my um, my doomed uh, to be relegated accumulator at the start of the season, uh, along with Swansea in the Premier League. Bizarrely, stupidly enough, wow. who won the first, who proceeded to win the first four games of the season, and uh, right the better straight away. Anyway, so Birmingham, yeah, I thought they would massively struggle because obviously Clark was still in charge, and they did massively struggle. We beat them at St Andrews 1-0 yeah. in Lennon's first game and Clark was duly dismissed of his duties and uh, they got a, a young man uh, called Gary Rowett who had done very well with Burton Albion which Jimmy Floyd has to bank's continued their progress and obviously they've been promoted now um, and yeah he's not done I think over the season if he took Gary Rowett's results at um, it's hard one to say Gary Rowett isn't it it sounds like you're uh, slurring Rowett. your words Gary Rowett so I'm Rowett, no, it's Rowett, it's definitely Rowett though. Um, it's definitely Rowett, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, if you took his res- his results as a manager over the season, he's got to be probably the the, the, mo- the best manager in, in, in England because Birmingham it? were, Birmingham, they were in the relegations, I think, when Clark went, or they were a point above it, something like that. And he had an amazing run when he took over. I think he won his first six home games yeah. after Birmingham hadn't won a home game. I think they'd won one game all season under Clark at home. Mm. Um, maybe, I think, yeah, I think they'd won one, but they'd won one in sort of like 13, 14 games and lost nearly all of them. So he, he when he came in, he, he turned them around hugely. Um, and I understand that they've won the last two games. I've kind of lost a little bit of track with um, form, so I'm going to take your word for that on the yep. agenda. But um, they've only lost to Watford and Bournemouth in the last seven games and they're in pretty good form. They've got a guy they brought in from Brentford, um, Clayton Donaldson, who's been been around, uh, been around quite a lot before that. But he started to really sort of hit hit his yeah. um, what do you, I don't know what the phrase is, hit his stripes something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and he's got scored sixteen. Yeah. So anyway, what do you think, Rob, on uh, the, the the threat that Birmingham have got that should hopefully result in a hopefully result in a decent result for us on the last day? But what what have they got to offer? I think they got a few interesting players. I think Donaldson was always pretty decent at Brentford in the League One, and he's delivered it in the Championship this year. I think he's got 16 goals, isn't it, this year? Yeah. They got this kid. uh, Is it Damari Gray? Yes. Who um, looks like a quality player, and he's been linked with Premier League clubs, and yeah, he's going to be a danger, especially as we can't defend against wingers. That's going to be a worry Mm -hmm. for the weekend. Um, And they've also got uh, their captain. Their captain is Paul Robinson, who. uh, some of us older Bolton fans. I'm not that Hello. young. Bloody hell, I remember him. <laughs> yeah, Robbo's a bit of a club ledge. Um, some would disagree with that. Some would be nice I to liked see. him. I yeah. thought he had that one good season when Kyle's good season. He was yeah. good then, then he went to pot thereafter. Continue, Rob, please. Yeah, I, I like Robbo. He's a good player. Yeah, um, yeah I think there'll be a threat. I think um, it should be a nice open game against Birmingham, I think, and hopefully with a few goals in it. Mm, I can 
See, I think we always... Te- my prediction for the game is that 2-2, two, because two, we always seem to win our last day of season with a 2 yeah. draw. I remember last year, obviously, the year before that, with Black... Or, yeah, you'd call that with Blackpool, or the year before that, something like that. And we drew Port Stoke, obviously, the year we got relegated was 2-2. Two, two. I remember yeah. driving, yeah, Ports, was, wasn't it? driving Portsmouth 2-2 two, two after being two goals up. Mm. So we, we're definitely fond of a 2-2 two, two in the last game of the season, so that's what I'd be going for. And I think Birmingham... They are an interesting side. I always put them ever since Rowitz come in. I've always put them to win on any any bets over them because even if they're like not the favourites, because he's done a really good job there. As you say they've got some good players. Donaldson's been seems to score every week, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. obviously linked with bit double bomb of bid five million for him. That that sham rackled team that has no money. I'm sure they'll get him in the summer now. They've Probably, uh, yeah. just they've just they've just made like 120 million tonight, so I'm sure yeah. they can put a few more few more uh, millions on that price tag now. Birmingham, I yeah, yeah. I, bolt, I play a Bolton heavily linked with back in January February time. Um, Watford, Lonnie, uh, Diego, Fabrini, who went to Millwall instead of us and was apparently shite there, but has gone to Birmingham. And Birmingham fans have really taken to him. Apparently, I remember seeing yeah. one. Yeah, I remember seeing one person tweet saying. If we manage to sign Fabrini back next season, then that's my that's the value of my season ticket paid for or whatever. Like that's worth my season ticket. So yeah. he must be doing something well down there. Unless it's a different player and I completely missed the mark here, but I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so he yeah. played Italy, Fabrini. He's got Italy cap. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. But yeah. come on now. He, he's, yeah. I've seen him play... I saw him play for Millwall once. And he, Millwall, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I was happy when we didn't sign him, put it that way. But I think he's, he's apparently playing well for Birmingham. They're, they're, I, say they're, I think they're 11th in the league now. They're pretty, yeah. pretty solid mid-table side under Rowett. Obviously improved impeccably under him. I could see a tough tough game, hopefully open game. Both teams nothing to play for, just going for one last hurrah to see the end of this year. Both safe from the drop. Hopefully a nice open date game and yeah, I can see it being two two. What do you what do you see the score being Rob? Last time I was on this I predicted four one to Bolton. So <laughs> I'm gonna go four one Bolton. <laughs> them. A broken clock is right twice a day, that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> gonna who's gonna who's gonna bag these four goals? Is it gonna be like a defeat or oh, he can't he's suspended? Never mind. No, he won't he won't score. Um Lafondra two, Heskey and no. I either off the bench. All of them. What um, all, all three. And yourself, Lee, what do you, where do you see this game going on Saturday? I like your your two two research. That's going to give me some food for thought when I'm checking <laughs> checking Paddy Power on the uh, yeah, Saturday morning. I just remember but, it. Like, um, it seems to be two two. No, you're right. Very much right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think we'll um, uh, let's th- let's think. We're devoid of any confidence. We've got a load of people who don't give a shit. Um, oh, three God. three three one Birmingham. Yeah, Ooh. I could. I- I don't see us winning in the game to be honest with you unless because the crowd's going to be dead in it it's going to be sub 13,000 are you going to stay in Clapham at the end oh, I don't think Clapham? I will no I, I can't be asked I our last home game our last home game of the season we got relegated was also a 2-2 against West Brom when we were 2-0 up could have stayed up yeah, fucked it, it up a lot of chance yeah. yeah fucked it up I, I was walking in the Cotswolds when that happened and uh, I was I, all I wanted to do was check the scores but you know when you can't bring yourself to do it oh, you just and you just know, and 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 you, you you put your hand over the phone, and you see that we've scored two, and you knew you, I knew we'd scored two, and I knew we were two 0 up, 
and you just reveal that you reveal that two oh, for West Brom when you know it was fucking zero as well at one point with ten minutes left and I revealed that too and I, I just I just yeah. down me I down um, me pint and thought we're going down literally so that was my memory of that literally that everyone after that game because obviously they were doing the applause but literally everyone walked out apart from me <laughs> my dad my mate and his dad and one family. The stadium was empty apart from that. I'm not even exaggerating. Maybe a couple of us around the ground. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking woman. We were just stood there wondering if they would come out for the laughs. Just do it anyway. And this woman was the wanting him to come out. And when the stewards came out and told them that they wouldn't be doing the lap of appreciation. Oh, they didn't do it. No, they didn't do it. Which was which <laughs> I couldn't stand because we we practically just got relegated pretty much. Really well extent, with yeah. the the comfort, you know, the blow of it devastated us all the fans had left straight away and she was raging going they've got no fucking respect to these fans who come here every day they don't even come out to clap us and I was like oh it was a pretty dire situation then and I don't think I stayed the, the season the first season at championship I wasn't there for the last game I missed the best Bolton atmosphere in years because I was at a wedding mm. and then obviously I had the same thing as you looking at the scores and not knowing what was going on, being 2-0 down, then going 2-2, getting rung up off my mates, hearing the buzz, and then not going, getting the playoffs, which was sad. Then I can't remember, what was our last home game last season? I can't even remember. Birmingham, Birmingham again. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, we, stop, we just talked about it. <laughs> I, it escaped my mind. I think I fucked off, to be honest with you. Couldn't really be bothered. I've probably watched the Birmingham celebrations, they were more interesting. Yeah. So this time... I don't probably. I'll see what I'll see after the game. If it's a, if it's just if it's a, if the game draws a boo from the fans, then no. If it doesn't, then probably stay for a bit. For traffic yeah, traffic go down to so I can because I'll be driving. Um, a panicky driver thus far just passed. <laughs> what, what are you are you going to stay for the lack of appreciation, Lee? Um, yeah, I, I, I always do. I always oh. do. Even though I said I couldn't, yeah, I said I will do. I will do. I'm, I, I know what I'm like. I'm a nice person at heart. I'll give them a little clap and a little thumbs up, and uh, we'll see. We'll see about three of them next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with any luck. Um, what do you think, Rob? Are you gonna? Are you? Do you even go to all games, Rob? I don't know where you live. Sorry. No, I live in London. So I, I presumed this. I, I mean to ask you: Did you go to the Bolton Chelsea game? Yeah. Were you sat near the front? Um, like right, the, right near the front of the stand. Uh, no, because right. uh, I, I was thinking this is getting onto proper self-indulgent stuff. But I was there, and there was a person who's got a similar. It's obviously a southern and two. There's proper similar voice to you, and they asked us to move because we were standing up, and they and the and his girlfriend wanted to sit down. And I was wondering if it were you. I was like, it wasn't me, but I know who you mean. Oh, the black guy. I remember the guy who. Had his girlfriend with him. Yeah. Two people. Yeah. Oh, we've we've been so close to each other. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so on that, oh God, Lee, were you going to say something? I was going to say, poor girl, taking taking your girlfriend to the bloody Bolton game. Bloody hell. Uh, hey, poor, poor, uh, my best Chelsea though. She's probably out shopping on afternoon. So. Well, true, true. Very my true. best moment of the season when Matt Mills stuck that equaliser in. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So on on that slightly more uplifting note, <laughs> random tangents we've gone down on this week's pod, <laughs> we've, we'll bring that very good preview to a close. And next we'll be bringing the final segment, the bit where you make have your say on the Twitter question of the week. See you later. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to. The final segment of the Line of Vienna podcast. This, I hope your favourite segment of the podcast, because this is a bit where 
you get to stick your hat into the ring. See if you can see if you can um, throw some opinions in that we find suitable. And the, this week's question is a fairly simple one. I hope um, we've got some quite a nice lot of varied answers. I was quite happy with. And um, the question is. What are your hopes for the next season? And Rob, do you want to take that away with all the answers? Yeah, sure. So we have got a nice variation of uh, responses this week. So at Niall Burke 26 reckons we should sign Alfie and build with Zach Clough, Max Clayton, Mark Davis, Prattley around him, Ida and Heskey another year too. Chris, at Chris Moore C, is, I think he's been drinking, to be honest. He says, winners. Then he has a winning mentality he will instill in us, which is a fair shout. But Shit to be seen, though. A bit, a bit of a stretch, I think. <laughs> um, at Holden Howe, a bit more realistic. Um, a bit of excitement. Can't be dealing with another season I'm desperate to end. Playoff push, maybe. I think that's... Most, most realistic one, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, hopefully. That's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit ridiculous. Um, at Emily BWFC... Something to play for come the end of the season. Board of having 10 games left at the end of the season, that mean nothing. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. At Tony Banks, 61062. Finances permitting, give ourselves a chance of competing from the start of the season and not join the party too late. I think that's probably fair. I think we need, we need to get a decent start yeah. first time. And really good of good Tony to put his phone number on the end of his Twitter <laughs> handle as well. Yeah. Bad Twitter handles need to be eradicated. Get rid of people... Get rid of your numbers, mate. It's yeah. not good for brand energy. And um, I'd, I'd like us to join the party at some point, to be honest. Yeah. Because at the minute, we're like the Amitamina's when they're stuck behind the gate and can't get in. Then after, the only <laughs> way they can get in is coffee dog shit. Right. <laughs> That's a great analogy for us. That is a very good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good tweet here from Di- at Disco Weave as well. Look for the playoffs and find a left-back and a right-back that play in that position full-time, along with a left-footed winger. Well, we've got that in Tom Walker. But, yeah, um, I agree. He's got a point about the left back and right back. We need to get full backs to actually play full back. And Bolton lad at Bolton lad ninety five, less injuries to key players would be nice. Then we should be able to manage a promotion push. Old. I think he's got a got a point. If we can keep Clough and Clay, if we can keep Clough, let alone anybody else, keep Clough injury free, then he's he's the type of player who could just win us points out of nothing and will drag us up the table on his own, like he was starting to do before his dislocated shoulder. Yeah. And uh, the final tweet we've got is um, one that kind of sums up my thoughts on this. So, at World of Wiseo, not ready for promotion, top half finish, an establishment of Threlkeld, Vela, Clough, Clayton and Walker. Hashtag the future. I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to build on uh, the good young players we've got coming through. It wasn't long ago, but I think at the start of last season, I wrote a blog saying I can't remember the last time we had a player from our own youth system, apart from Kevin Nolan, mm-hmm. maybe Joey O'Brien, who doesn't yeah. really count. But um, like now we've got Throckelt, Vela, Clough, Clayton, Walker all coming through, so that's definitely a positive. Yeah, definitely. I think I think I think that is probably the most realistic to it. Really, um, whilst promotion push would be the dream, well, the dream would be winning the whole fucking thing. But <laughs> a promotion push would, if we have a, a, if everything goes right in the summer, all injuries are eradicated. Then maybe, but I think, yeah, I think we need to take the time to build, do what Bournemouth did. They finished tenth last year and now we're second. I think we need to finish top top half, maybe challenge for the playoffs a bit, but then fall away that type of thing. But be consistent, play well consistently, get the youth players into the squad, get them bled in, get them fully established, and then just I think another tweet I said, just make some meaningful progress, get the fans back in, get them something to be 
excited about getting the place just get the he nearly started doing it it started happening between November to January the, the atmosphere was getting better it was getting more excited it was getting giddy again and but it just dropped away massively ever since the defeats to Liverpool so I think if we can just build on that energy that Lennon first brought in get the youth players all getting into, getting in on the act and playing to the full potential then I could see us gradually building up to hopefully challenging once again what do you think Lee what are your hopes um, yeah echoing a lot of the thoughts and a lot of the comments you've just both made then really and, and a lot of the uh, the uh, Twitter answers from our lovely uh, listeners oh, and, uh, and uh, readers Um yeah, I to- totally agree. I mean, it's just a case of that we need to start well for once, isn't it? Really, we've started the yeah. last few seasons. We- we've we've been out of it after fifteen games. Um, you're never out of it in the-, in the championship, but we're not good enough to go on a ten-game winning streak. So we need to get these results early doors, um, and at least be in the top ten after the first ten, twelve, fifteen games of the season, and give ourselves a platform to try and build on. Um, and try and push on from instead of being scrabbling around trying to find your first win of the season after 11 games like we ever been doing it last two last two seasons um, which is frankly embarrassing and, and the reason why we, we are playing for absolutely nothing um, with 10 games left the start needs to be better just get get a good start and then just try and build on it you know and my hopes is that we're just not in the bottom three after the first 10 games of the season which yeah. We may we may well be depending on what squad we manage to cobble together out of uh, you know the waifs and strays of overall play for us in the start of next season. But um, I sound very pessimistic, so I'm going to give it to someone else trying to at least end this podcast on some sort of positive <laughs> note. So someone shut no, me up and, and no, I'll pass it on to one of you two. No, I think you're making valid points, but one thing that I cannot emphasise enough that I want that has to be fixed during the summer and cannot be the same season is the fucking solid state of our defending. I don't yeah. think we mentioned it well, we talked about it briefly, but didn't go into too much detail and talking about Bard. The defending for all three goals was atrocious. We was down to ten men for the last one, but it doesn't no excuses. Players all over the show not knowing where the positions are. Just letting being so weak and letting players go past them. And obviously yeah. the last goal thing the last minute goal thing as well. Just all the defending just just improve it. I can't be that hard really to just be a solid back line and even if that's just drilling the players incredibly hard during the summer and getting them know their positions know their yeah. defences I know the injuries has been a problem not being able to form a solid partnership but either that or having to bring in a completely new set of defenders to hopefully yeah. start something new I think that can be the only, the only thing we can do isn't it I mean yeah. what, do you, what do you think on, on whether we need to who would you keep out of our defensive sort of uh, rotor, Rob? What, who, would you, who would you keep out of who we've got there apart from I don't know. It's really weird. One of the, on the match thread tonight, I was writing the match thread, and um, one of the guys who was commenting on it said, um, isn't it odd that we play so well against Liverpool, defend so well twice against Liverpool, then we can't defend against championship attacks? Mm. I don't really know where we're going wrong or why it was such a difference in those two Liverpool games, but... I think Mills was immense in both those games. So was David. Yeah, he was. He was. David tonight has proven that he's crap. So I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't think David's good enough in the day. I don't think Mills wants to stay. So you're gonna end up with <laughs> what Ream playing centre off, and then look to bring in someone else. Yes. But see, I think I'd keep most of them because I don't see I don't see how we'll get rid of David really. And I do like David still. I think he was very good for the first three quarters of the season. They've just completely yeah. fallen away now. 
But I'd, so I'd keep the V. I'd keep really. I think maybe he just needs a summer with Lennon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Bend, to be honest. Yeah. I think. I think Wita. When Wita and David played together. Yep. Yeah. They were probably the best partnership um, yeah. over a four or five games. We weren't. I'm not saying we were um, absolutely solid water tight, but we were certainly better. We were conceding maybe one one a game or maybe a couple of clean sheets. I think Lonergan was behind them at the time, and we had Lonergan, Weeter, and Devitt centre half when Mills had a little injury. Yeah, and mm. I think them two looked like a, a complemented each other very well. Mm. But Weeter is another one. He's never been fit. He's just never no. fit. He's just we've got a club full of just crocs. Yeah. So get rid of the crocs, get people who can play and uh, we'll be alright. It's a recurring theme of my of my comments on this podcast tonight, <laughs> but I'm just absolutely sick to the back teeth of everyone getting injured. And yeah. uh, let's just get some yeah. players who can last the season. Where are you? Sign for Bolton if you can play 46 games. Yeah. Maybe you put an advert out there. Anyone who's not got a club isn't always injured. This, I think this season... I think this season just really worn down. Everyone's like, after the, such an amazing summer of football with the World Cup, everyone's just so happy and buzzing. The season's just gradually worn Bolton fans down to the bristles. And I think loads of people aren't going to get season tickets next year. I think the attendances are going to continue to plummet. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'll be able to go as much next year as well, like as a sat example, going off to uni and that type of stuff. But I think if Lennon just gets things going, things will gradually improve. If we're just a solid, solid outfit put in some exciting yeah. performances, get the youth in, sort out all the problems that we have, which is easier said than done, but it's his job, he needs to be done, then I think mm. we'll get somewhere, so maybe on yeah. that slightly, I don't know, we're saying it on this note, because I'm refusing to say on this bombshell, because I'm not being like that. Alan Partridge. I was going <laughs> to say Jeremy Clarkson, I was not going to be like him. Oh, so I was just copied it from, uh, from, from Steve See, I, see, I don't that. really like Alan Partridge, you never get into it, I'm not going to lie, you can never yeah. get into it. So, mm. on, on that bombshell, <laughs> we're going to bring this love pod to a close just a few quick tidbits I need to mention before we go up I'd like to say um, Elliot and Liam are doing a th- writers of ours of the Fame Blind of Suite are on Bolton FM every Thursday at 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock basically the Bolton FM is a local radio station obviously and they're going to they've reached out to us to get people on to talk about Bolton Wanderers so if you'd like to listen to more chatter and uh, I'm satisfied with the quality of this here podcast, I wouldn't blame you after this week. <laughs> <laughs> then get on at Bolton FM, Thursdays 8 o'clock, 8 pm till 10 pm on 96.5 FM. They'll be on there talking about Bolton, no doubt there'll be lots of discussion about uh, tonight's horrid, horrid affair. And I'd obviously like to just mention quickly again the LOV Awards are still ongoing. I think three, three categories are up for are, are up on the site right now so you to vote on. I think it's goal of the season. Best moment and worst moment so far. So get on that vote. There'll be more coming between the next few days. Get on voting on that. And then the week, not the not this Saturday coming, the week after we'll be doing the special award show podcast for you all to bring this season hopefully to an optimistic close. And that's it. Any other business, lads? Do you, do you say it to the public? Rob? No. No, no, nothing. Go I was just going to say, speak for yourself, actually, uh, Dan. I thought the uh, contributions on this pod have been very good. Uh, so uh, I think yeah. it's been a decent pod. I um, think it's not not in the top three, but we've 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 made a Champions League place. We've got in yeah. fourth position. I, I get um, down on myself so much. You see, I'm new to this. Very late at night. Come on, it is. Well. I'm it is very late. So. 
since we're all <laughs> tired and some of us have college and no doubt work in the morning, and yeah, some of yeah. us have to edit this fucking thing, <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to say our goodbyes. You can f- go on to the Line of Vienna Suite Twitter, tweet at us all your whatever you want to talk about. Go on the line of com for all your Bolton news, opinions, injury news, most likely. And um, what else do I need? Oh, yeah, that's right. Go on iTunes. Please subscribe to us. Please leave a review. Five stars would be nice, but it'd probably be generous after this one. I'm being negative again. <laughs> <laughs> you leave a positive review for us. It's just a nice thing to do, and it gets us up those charts. And, um, yeah, so I've been Daniel Murphy. You can follow me at Twitter, at Mabroski. That's been Lee Tennant. That's Trotter on Twitter. That's been Rob Latham. He's Rob Lyles. La- La- Say it, Rob. Robbie Laz, isn't it? Robbie Laz yeah. on Twitter. I don't know. And like gorillas. Yeah. Like gorillas. Like. <laughs> so that is bringing us to the close. You can say goodbye, Lee. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Rob. Goodbye, guys. I'm surprised nobody said goodbye. They said their first name because someone always does that on podcasts. I'm going <laughs> to stop talking now. It's goodbye from me. See you later.